Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yes, I am your host, Ben Standig. I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic. Oh, no, I already had two podcasts up this week. One, of course, following the uh, game uh, week seven, and then one midweek with my colleague, uh, Zach Kiefer, who covers the Colts from the uh, for, for The Athletic. And typically, we have a Jay Gruden uh, interview uh, each week, and that was on the schedule, but we had some scheduling conflicts that didn't quite work out, and so I wasn't sure about doing another one. But today was an interesting day out at the park, meaning Friday. So I thought, let me at least do a quick little update here. Just me talking to you guys before I head to uh, Indianapolis and we get get ready to see if this commander's team can win a third game in a row. So I'm going to get to uh, some quick notes here, including what Ron Rivera kind of randomly said today about Antonio Gibson, the idea of trading him or not trading him, and some other injury updates and notes as we head into this Colts game. Before we get to that, though, a quick reminder, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you do your podcasting. If you do go to The Athletic, it is an ad-free situation there. As far as the actual website for The Athletic, I encourage you to subscribe there as well. I had uh, a couple, a fun story I like this week about Terry McLaurin going back home. I spoke with the quarterback, uh, for McLaurin's junior team, junior season that won the state title and had a cool video up on Twitter where I it's the first play of the game. Terry McLaurin helps set a uh, what still stands as a record for his class of football, 79-yard touchdown, and I have his quarterback kind of narrating the play. So you can check that out on Twitter and read the story on The Athletic as well as, you know, subscribe there. I have a story up today, sort of this giving a, a little bit of an update on where this team is on a bunch of different topics, uh, but I called it by the numbers. If you go there, you'll see what number one, four, 44 and others have to do uh, with this team right now. All right. Uh, and of course you can hit me up on Twitter anytime at Ben Standing. All right, let's get to a couple of things here. I mentioned Antonio Gibson. So let, let, let's set the scene here. Now I have mentioned on this podcast multiple times, that if I'm Washington, I'm absolutely considering trading Antonio Gibson. Not because he's underperforming. Not because I want him out of the locker room. None of those things. Antonio Gibson's had really good couple of weeks here. And you know he's a good guy and all that. So uh, none of that stuff. My reasoning has been, you've got Brian Robinson. You've got J.D. McKissick. You can't realistically play all three in any meaningful way. We've discussed this many, many times, but that if you're a team like Washington, where it's hard, you would think it would be hard to look at this and think this team is going somewhere. Therefore, we'll just, you know, stay, you know, stay pat and move forward and we'll deal with the off season and the off season. You know, this is where forward thinking teams make moves. We just saw the giants trade their first round pick from last year for a three and a six next year. There's a whole, it's more complicated than just saying they made that trade. Uh, Kadarius Tony hasn't been playing. It's a new GM and coach and all that. But, you know, it would be easy to say, hey, we might need this guy later in the year and we're six and one. Instead, there's like, eh, we're good. We're going to get future picks and move forward. Okay. I bring all that up because of Ron Rivera today. So Fridays, the he comes into the media room every uh, Wednesday and Friday or Monday if we happen to be out there. And, you know, he just, well, we'll, we'll, we'll he'll sit down in a chair 
start talking, answer questions, and so on. The door that he comes in is to the left of me. So we, you know, I hear the door. You can kind of sense it's him coming in with the PR member. And then he walks around. This time, he hadn't even gotten parallel to me yet. And he starts talking. And he says, hey, I want to be clear about something here. Uh, we have no intention of trading Antonio Gibson. You know, there was this report out there. Really, you know, kind of bums me out that these things get out there. He went on later to say he hates it when people just throw stuff up against the wall. All, all, all that jazz. Now, the report, if you didn't see it, uh, you can find it on Twitter. But essentially, it said that teams are calling Washington about Antonio Gibson. But that he doesn't think that Washington would be looking to move Gibson. Now, all of that, to me, seems reasonable. And yet, Rivera got angry about it. Um, I, I, As best I can tell, the, the sense is, I guess, that teams have not been calling about Gibson, which seems odd to me, just based on you would think, why, why wouldn't teams be calling about Gibson? Whatever it is, Rivera made it very clear that they will not be trading Antonio Gibson before Tuesday's trade deadline. He also, I then later, in the press conference, asked Rivera, if you're saying you're not trading Gibson, what about anybody else? And his answer was, quote, yeah, we're not necessarily looking to move anybody. I mean, if it's something outlandish, meaning an offer, you got to listen, but we have no intention of moving anyone, end quote. So that would seemingly suggest that Deron Payne won't be getting traded before the deadline. And after they won last week, you know, I think any trade t- deadline thoughts had to be dialed back because, you know, realistically, at three and four, they're still in this thing for a wild card spot and they could have a winnable game this week against the Colts. And most games are going to be at least give yourselves a, a puncher's chance at a minimum because the NFL is not very good this year, the product. So you can be, you can certainly at a minimum talk yourself into being a lot of games in a lot of games, but you know, realistically it doesn't, they don't still don't look like a team that is ready to contend regardless of where, where they are or how, you know, where they are within a terrible NFC, but regardless, that's what Ron Rivera said. So not anticipating based on that, any real activity with the caveat of William Jackson. I I do believe that they would be open to moving him. I have previously reported that teams have uh, spoken with Washington, not necessarily saying they've engaged in any actual, you know, negotiation, but just that teams are aware that, that Washington is open to moving Jackson. And I don't think that has changed even based on whatever Rivera said Today, he was asked earlier this week whether he saw a, a, a world where Jackson plays here again this year and basically kind of just said, eh. <laughs> he didn't say no, but he didn't really say that it would happen. He just said, we're going to focus on guys that can help us. Jackson will again be out this week. So um, that's kind of where we're at on the trade deadline. But the fact that he came hard about the Gibson uh, report was notable, almost to the point of... Um, I don't want to say doth protest too much, but, you know, I don't even know if any of us were going to ask about it because teams calling Washington versus Washington looking to trade Gibson are very different things. In any event, that's where we are at with Gibson. And, you know, again, frankly, 
you know, Gibson and Robinson do look like a pretty good one-two punch. Rivera did say earlier this week that essentially Robinson would be the hammer, Gibson sort of that, you know, change of pace, and McKissick, assuming that they have a ch- they're either in the lead or the running game is going decently, it's probably not going to see a lot of work. Again, we've talked about this before. This is why I brought up the idea of moving Gibson, uh, because you have three running backs, so somebody's going to have to sit. Gibson would be the one to move because you would get more for him than McKissick. But independent of that, it doesn't seem like it matters. But that's where we are right now with um, Antonio Gibson in, in the backfield. Rivera really likes the three running backs set scenario, so that appears to be set. And we'll just see if William Jackson gets moved. But other than that, it, to me, based on what Rivera says and other things I've heard, I, I just don't. It doesn't look like Washington will be uh, moving anybody. But we will see come Tuesday. Again, other than perhaps William Jackson. Um, injuries. Let's talk about that. We got the uh, the final injury report today. Four players are out of the lineup. William Jackson, as I said, he's out. Back injury, but he's out. Cole Turner. Suffered a concussion last week. He's out. He was. We saw him uh, today at, at practice. He was riding the bike, uh, but he he is out. Uh, Jahan Dotson. We were told on Tuesday, or sorry, on Thursday by Rivera that Dotson would not be playing. It's just now four games he has missed in a row after scoring four touchdowns in the first four games. Um, he still is has the most touch receiving touchdowns of any of the rookies. But he's obviously falling behind in a very important category, and that's games played. So the hamstring uh, clearly is lingering. He he reaggravated it last week. We will see when or you know when, when he's able to come back, perhaps next week. But at this point, you know all bets are off. And then lastly, Cole Holcomb is out this week with a foot injury. This is to me a pretty significant. Scenario, you know, Cole Holcomb, if we rank the players just based on talent, Cole Holcomb's not in the top five, maybe not even in the top ten. But if we're just talking, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, if, we're, if we're just talking about who's the most essential, who do you need? Cole Holcomb's going to be way high on that list, right? Like, for example, even without Jahan Dotson, you still have Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel to get the job done. Um, you know, the, you, it, even say the cornerback, William Jackson's been out. You have Benjamin St. Juice has stepped in and looked pretty strong opposite Kendall Fuller. The linebacker room is dicey, and this is obviously not breaking news. We have talked about the lack of depth forever at this point, other than Cole Holcomb and Jamin Davis, who's still a work in progress. It is really hard to look at any of their other players and think, wow, this player is going to be able to step in and, and, and you know give you some good stuff. Now, David Mayo is the likely player to replace Cole Holcomb. I presume he would be calling the, um, you know, the, the, the make the calls, the signals, what have you, with with Holcomb out, where the green dot, and, and so on. Um, and I thought Mayo did look, showed okay a little bit last year, but, but by and large, we're, we're talking about a guy who's more special teams than he is defense at this point, and, you know, that could be a, a pretty big uh, drop off. Not that I'm not saying Cole Holcomb is an All Pro, but he's been he's good. He's been solid. He's one of the league leaders in tackles with 69 this year. So um, you know, and of course, then to get like I said, Jamin Davis. Um, you know, he he he's been better of late, but it's still growth required. And now he's effectively going to be their main running our main linebacker. So something to keep an eye on, especially against a Colts offense that 
obviously has been fairly miserable this year, but you still have Jonathan Taylor out of the backfield, who was, you know, the best running back in the league last year. And now you're going to have a, a running quarterback in Sam Ellinger, who is, of course, replacing Matt Ryan. And, uh, you know, this would be a good spot. You know, I was in my head, I was kind of thinking, you know, could you have Jamin Davis, but perhaps spy on Ellinger a little bit and Holcomb deal with, uh, you know, the linebackery stuff. <laughs> but now I don't know what they would do on that front. Um, and I mentioned Mayo replacing Holcomb. The other move that I imagine they will use at times will be going with six defensive backs uh, that, you know, that could be in bringing in Derek Forrest to act as sort of the de facto linebacker, or maybe it's Cam Curl pinching up more into that Buffalo nickel role, like for real, for real. Um, but we'll, we'll see how they, how they go there. But either way, uh, Cole Holcomb out for this week. I saw him walking or not. I saw him walking around a little bit with a boot on his left foot. So it's a sprain. Rivera said, we'll, we'll, we'll see if he's able to come back next week. Sounded like there was some progress made as the week progressed, but not enough for him to play in the game. Um, so there, there, there you have it. I think that's just sort of the the basics there in this game. I think from Washington's perspective, you know, on offense, needless to say, you got to get Taylor Heineke going quicker as this game goes. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention, apologies. So Sadiq Charles, so John Allen was back at practice today. He was out yesterday with a an official rest day. I was told he got dinged up a little bit the day before. Whatever it is, he was out of practice, so should be fine for the game. Sadiq Charles was also at practice today after missing the last two days, but it sounds like he's dealing with an illness, and Rivera suggested today that Trey Turner could be back in the starting lineup, uh, assuming Charles just you know can't get up to speed physically before the game. Obviously, Trey Turner has struggled significantly when he's played this year. Now it is with Taylor Heineke now as opposed to Wentz, Carson Wentz, meaning they should be able to, uh, with Heineke, you know, would uh, they have a quarterback with more mobility, uh, who has probably a better internal clock when it comes to getting rid of the ball when pressure is coming last week, Washington's uh, allowed over 51% uh, pressure per snap. That was the most in any game for them this year, but Heineke only took the one sack. So um, that's why you have a mobile quarterback, but at the same time, it would be nice at some point here to get a steadier flow going on the line. Um, as for Sam Cosme, he still has the club on his hand. He will be active, but they're going to stay with Cornelius Lucas. Uh, Ron Rivera didn't say anything today about possibly moving Cosme to guard. In fact, he said they're going to stay with Lucas, inferring that Cosme would replace him. You know, you've heard me, my take, if you're going to go with your best five linemen, when you guys are having tr- issues, it would seem to be Cosme at guard, Lucas at tackle, but we'll deal with that down the line. Um, so other than that, you know, look again, Sam Ellinger, completely brand new quarterback on the NFL scene, zero career snaps. He, a uh, six round pick last year out of, uh, Texas. He, Sam Cosme was one of his blockers there. I talked to Cosme this week, said he's, you know, he thinks Sam is underrated. Uh, people haven't given him much, much of a, a fair shake in, in Cosme's opinion. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll be able to be aggressive on the ground with RPOs and just his own running. You know, he can make some throws, but that's not going to be his strength. It's very similar to how you think of how most of us, I think, view Taylor Heineke. A lot of similarities there for sure. But, uh, you know, that that's going to be the key there. On the other side, uh, Shaquille uh, Leonard is going to be playing a bit 
for the, the Colts. It sounds like he won't be at full strength, but he will be available. Or I shouldn't say at full strength, meaning like you know, he won't get a full workload most likely, but he will be available. So that's a huge pickup for them. Uh, the Colts are seventh in the league against the pass. This is a pretty good defense. They just have been, you know, hurt because their offense has been miserable. I think you've probably heard of another team that's going through some of that this year. Um, so we will see how it goes. And, uh, you know, again, Terry McLaurin gets to go back to Lucas Oil Field at Lucas Oil Stadium where he won two high school championships, two Big Ten titles with Ohio State, but he has yet to play in his hometown as a pro. That changes this week. All right, uh, so that is it for me. Thanks for uh, listening in. If you want a, a deeper dive on this game, go check out my conversation with Zach Kiefer from earlier in the week. We went through a whole bunch of stuff, including... Jim Irsay, Dan Snyder, and that absolutely joyous soap opera. Um, All right, so that is it for now. Ben Standig signing off. I'll catch you guys either from Indy or when I get back. But until next time, see ya.